This is War Vessel Radio, standing firm upon the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking triumphantly from the Word of God, boldly living from a position in Christ and decreasing so that Jesus will increase, proclaiming to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ and a hope and a future found in Him. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of the War Vessel Radio podcast. We're jumping into... Part four of this series on the war vessel. And last week I talked about being a vessel of honor versus a vessel of dishonor. And we were in 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 to 22. And I want to read those quickly because this is kind of be um, my topic for today is going to be building off of this. Though I won't be pulling entirely from this passage. I want to. It's a main core passage of this study that I'm, I'm doing on this war vessel. So I want to read it quick. Starting in verse 20 of chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So last week we talked about this idea that we are vessels. God has created us to be vessels, and each one of us is born into sin and is therefore a vessel of dishonor. But we come to Christ and we become available to be vessels of honor for Jesus Christ to be used by him, to give him honor. Um, And so there is this idea that Paul is presenting to Timothy that there is this cleansing from dishonor that needs to happen for us to be prepared and sanctified and useful for our master Jesus and that we will be ready for every good work that he has for us. And this is something that really excites me, and I've latched on to this idea of vessel and this word vessel that's used here, um, I don't have my pronunciation right in front of me, but I believe it's skuios, skuos, something like that. Um, and it, it has this idea of utensils or tools. It can take on a variety of different methods, um, objects of usefulness. Um, I've latched onto this idea of a of what I typically think of a vessel as like uh, a ball jar or a mug or a clay pot or a clay cup, something of that nature, something that's meant to hold a liquid is what I think of when I hear vessel. Uh, But there's other ways of looking at it, like uh, a spoon is a vessel for carrying food to the mouth, a shovel is a vessel for excavating dirt out of a hole, and each one of those in their specific use is a vessel for honor. If I had to choose between a spoon and a shovel for digging a hole, I would naturally choose a shovel because it is better suited for the role of digging a hole, and therefore I'm going to honor it by using that tool because it is the correct tool for the job. And it's not dishonoring the spoon. The spoon has an entirely different role that I wouldn't use a shovel for, which is 
to bring food to my mouth. And the spoon is created for that, made out of different material, um, smaller, and of the right size to serve its purpose. And the shovel is made out of a different material that is used for the digging of dirt. And that is a, a, a vessel. Those are vessels. And so we can see that whether a vessel is made out of gold, silver, wood, or clay, any one of those four elements can be a vessel of honor. And they can also be vessels for dishonor. And so the concept I'm getting at is each one of us has been created. Every person in the world has been created by God and is in some way being a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. And the only way to be a vessel of honor for God and to give true glory and honor to him is to come to our recognition of our need for Christ and that he is our Lord and Savior. He is the name above all names. We are holy and adequate and sinful and we can't we can't attain righteousness on our own. We can't attain rightness or perfection or do anything in and of ourselves outside of Jesus and we need Jesus. And that's how we are transformed into vessels of honor where formerly we were vessels of dishonor. And so every person we encounter on a day-to-day basis have been created by God, have a purpose, and they're either living in the truth as vessels of honor or they're living outside of the truth or in ignorance of the truth and are therefore serving as vessels of dishonor. So, as I've been thinking about what I wanted this characteristic of this part two to take, I've decided I'm going to go and run with my image of a cup because this is how I see this war vessel is that we are to be bearers of something, to be filled and to be holding something. And there's two interesting things that came to mind. As I've been studying this, number one is God fills things. Where the Spirit of God is, that place is filled. And then number two is, God created things to be filled. Um, And this is a pattern you see throughout Scripture. If you look up filled in Scripture, there's it talks all over the place about being filled, and the earth was filled with his glory. Um, the earth was filled with violence and uh, corruption. There's these patterns in history, uh, in, in scripture. It says in Isaiah 6 1, his robe filled the temple. God's, Isaiah is seeing this vision of God, and his robe filled the temple. And the angels around the throne, the cherubim or the seraphim, uh, I can't think of which one it is now. I just wrote the verse down, are singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And so there's this idea that God fills his creation with himself And um, we see this a lot all over Scripture, that God wants to fill us and that we are to be filled and we're vessels are actually to be holding something and to be serving a purpose. In Ephesians 3.19, it says, To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
that word filled in the Greek. See if I can get uh, this pronunciation right. It's kind of tricky. It's like something, or something like that. It's got a little twist on the tongue, I believe. Um, it is to make full, to fill up, to fill to the full, to cause to abound, to furnish or supply liberally, to render full, to complete, to to be full to the top so that nothing shall be wanting. Uh, full measure, filled to the brim. And then when it talks about the fullness of God, that's another root of this plural word. And it's, I know I'm butchering this Greek. I'm sorry, guys. It's not, it wasn't as easy to pronounce these ones as some of the other words. Um, it's this idea of plechroma, plechroma, uh, or fullness. And it has this idea of that which has already been filled. A ship, in as much as it's been filled or manned with sailors, rollers, and soldiers. In the New Testament, the body of believers as that which is filled with the presence, power, and agency, riches of God and of Christ. That which fills or with which a thing is filled, a completeness or fullness of time, fullness, abundance, a fulfilling, a keeping. So we see that God is that which is filled and that we are that which is to be filled. But God is already filled. In Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Another idea of this filling. Um, and this the, in Matthew, Jesus uses that word filled, but it's not the same as in the Ephesians passage. That's actually the Greek word kortadzo. And I think it probably has a little more in it someplace, but kortadzo is the idea. Um, you can look up Blue Letter Bible and, and see this in Matthew 5, 6. And it has this idea as Jesus is talking with, um, there's this hunger and thirst an image that he brings, hunger and thirst for righteousness. And so this word pertains with that, and particularly this idea of eating or to satisfy. Uh, definition one is to feed with herbs, grass, hay, to fill, satisfy with food, to fatten, pertaining to animals, uh, to fill or satisfy man, men, to fulfill or satisfy the desire of anyone. So there's this satiation that happens, uh, when we are hungry for righteousness and that we will be filled as in this idea that spiritually, if we are hungry and thirsty for righteous, thirsting for righteousness, then there is a feeding that will happen to our souls. There is a, a quenching of thirst that will come into our, our lives through this, through the, through Jesus. Colossians 1, 9 for this reason, we also, from the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with all the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And that word filled is the same as in the Ephesians 3.19, that prero, I can't, sorry guys, it's plero, I believe. It's that same word, uh, to be filled with all the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Philippians 1, 9 to 11, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled, or that plero idea, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. 
And so those are kind of my core verses I've been looking at that, that I'm throwing. There's so many more to choose from. I was a little overwhelmed by this idea of being filled and how God is the full and we are to be the filled. And this excites me because I recognize that I need God's filling on a daily basis. I need that daily collection of manna in my soul and in my spirit. And I can't live off yesterday's manna, but I have to be, I have to be going to God's word. I have to be going to him in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And I have to be pursuing an intimate knowing relationship with him and to be filled and for, and there's a purpose to being filled as well. And it's, it's not just that, we were created to be filled by him, but he desires to use us to fill others, that we have become vessels of his kingdom to be used first and foremost, however he wills, but as often as Christians and scripturally speaking, to be poured out as an offering before the Lord. I'm saving this, I think, for another episode, but I'm not entirely sure where I'm going to go for with it, but it does pertain to this particular thought. It says in 2 Timothy 4, uh, Paul is talking to, to Timothy. He's exhorting him on what he's to be doing with ministry, what he should be growing in, making sure that he is paying attention to the work of an evangelist and fulfilling his ministry, um, that he's preaching the word and being ready in season and out of season, convincing, rebuking, exhorting with all long-suffering and teaching. This is in the opening of chapter 4. But Paul moves in verse 6 and 7, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And this is a very exciting passage for me. It's a very profound passage. It's not exciting if you think of it in the human sense of what Paul's talking about. He's talking about his death. He's talking about the the conclusion of his ministry and this baton that he's passing off to Timothy to, to continue the work that Paul has done. And And you see this idea that Paul says, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. And Paul spent his entire life pouring out, um, being filled and pouring out. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the intimate relationship of Jesus Christ and of prayer and of, of power and of love and all the fruits of the Spirit. And he was, he had a filling of faith and he had the faithful works of a minister of Jesus Christ and a worker in the kingdom, building churches, exhorting churches, pushing back against the sin of the time and spreading the truth of Jesus Christ. And it says in 1 Corinthians um, that he came to preach only Jesus Christ and Jesus crucified. And that's not the phrase of it. For some reason, I lost the actual wording of that verse, which is strange because I love that passage. But anyway, it's this idea that Paul 
knew Jesus and he was filled with Jesus. And so his life was that being filled and pouring out Jesus. And he's being poured out as a final drink offering that the last pouring out is of his body and that he's going to give his life up for that of Jesus Christ. And you kind of see this, actually, uh, this inclusion of the war mindset into here as well. He says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And then there's the reward of being a faithful war vessel. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And I liken this to Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Paul talks about this crown of righteousness, which the Lord of righteousness, the righteous judge, will give to him on that day. And he says, and but not also just to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing, all who have hungered for his righteousness, all who have thirsted for his righteousness. There is the reward, the crowning glory of righteousness given by that of Jesus for having been poured into and poured out of and having fought the good fight as a, as a vessel for the Lord and having completed well and have kept the faith. And this is an exhortation to me, and I hope it is, is to you guys, that my life is to be having this filling. If I'm not filling it with Jesus, if I'm not filling it with the purity and the holiness of God and of his statutes and of his scripture and of his word and with prayer and with communion and with all of the necessities of an intimate relationship and of knowing Jesus, that I'm going to be filling it with things outside of this world or outside of Jesus. And I'm going to be going to the world. And I'm going to be filling it with addictions and I'm going to be filling it with with food and with idols and with a fancy car or with lots of money or with wanting uh, a great vacation or or the perfect wife or husband. Whatever your idea is of being filled so that this is what will bring you happiness and this is what will bring you true uh, accomplishment to your life or a true fulfilling if it's not sourced in Jesus then it is a false filling and it has it's just empty and it's just running out of us like a sieve and we're not holding it because we weren't meant to hold things of the world but we were meant to hold Jesus we were meant to hold the spirit of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be filled with the knowledge of his will um to be filled with all the fullness of God, to be filled with his righteousness, filled in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And we are to be filled with all things Jesus. And then once we are filled, there's this overflowing that happens in our life from the Holy Spirit through the working of Jesus Christ in our lives where we can't help but pour out the all that we've been given in the fullness of God. And that that should spread out as a fountain and as living water and just gush into other people's lives from our own saturation in the spirit of God. And this is particularly what drives me so much about this vessel idea is I need that gushing in my life. And I know on a daily basis that I'm so lacking in where I could be in Jesus. And it's not a works thing, but 
that I desire more of him on a daily basis and I recognize my need for more of him so that through him and in his working in my life, I'd be able to love fuller, love richer, that I'd be able to give more and to see the need to give more and that I'd be able to lay down my time and sacrifice my life for others and for a deepening in the relationship with Jesus. And he has created us to fulfill that, that we are vessels, that that's what he has actually designed us to do is have that pouring in and pouring out. And we were built for that. And if we're looking elsewhere, then we're going to be missing the purpose of why we were created, which is to give glory to God in all things and to be filled with his glory as well. Just as he, it says in Isaiah chapter 6, that his robe filled the temple and that the whole earth is full of his glory. We who have come into Jesus Christ are now that temple that his robe fills and that he is sitting there and he is the, he is all fullness. He is the fullness and he is in us. And so therefore we are full, and we should be bursting with the goodness of God within us. And so I guess in wrapping up, I hope that we can be looking at and analyzing our lives and be asking the Lord, where, Lord, am I being used as a vessel for honor? But where also in my life am I holding on to the dishonorable things, the things that keep me from being useful for every good work and prepared and sanctified and a proper tool and vessel and utensil for the master, for you, our master, Lord Jesus, to use. And I hope that can be your mindset as through this week and mine as well as we move forward in our relationship with Jesus. So thank you all so much for listening. Um, I have no idea what next the next week's episode will be on. I'm excited about where the Lord has been pulling this and there's so much here. Uh, and I'd highly recommend diving into your own studies on this idea of being filled or on vessels or on honor and dishonor. Um, that would be really cool. So I hope you guys enjoy this, enjoyed this message, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to War Vessel Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow and share this podcast with others so the truth of Jesus Christ will continue to spread. Thanks again for listening, and may the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus fill you today.